Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzzed with Brian. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. I could not continue to do this without your support. And speaking of support, if you have never rated my show, click those star buttons, leave me a review, I don't know, send me an email, whatever you want to do. I continue to appreciate all of the support that I get from everyone that listens in on the show. All 10 of you, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, it's more than that, but I do appreciate you all. So that being said, to kick off today's episode, it's going to be a little different. Just got back from a big trip in Europe, went to Prague, had all the Czech loggers, and then went to Munich and drank my way through all the German beer gardens, and then went to Salzburg, where uh, we had some good Austrian beers. And actually, the first Oktoberfest beers of the trip, that's right. I can't believe I didn't have one Oktoberfest beer in Munich, but what can you do? And speaking of Oktoberfest, happy September, everyone. Happy September. Really excited to start getting into some fall weather here, although here in Wisconsin, Mother Nature is holding on to summer as long as it can. It's been a little warm this week. But that being said, excited for some malty beers, excited for Oktoberfest beers. And with the spirit of my trip that I just mentioned, I drank a lot of beers the difference this week, we're going NA. <laughs> Haven't had an NA beer since, oh boy, I think episode 12 when I featured a bunch of Untitled Arts beers out of Wanakee, Wisconsin. So giving my liver some rest and we're going to do an NA beer on the show this week. The beer in hand is coming from Athletic Brewing Company, the original, that's right, the original uh, all NA lineup beer company. And this is their Oktoberfest Fest Brew. So excited to share this one with you all. Excited to give my liver a little bit of a break. And um, I guess I'll probably on this show tell you a little bit about my adventures the last two weeks. So without further ado, on to today's show. Okay, beer fans, where to begin on today's episode? This will be a little different. There's no style history today. There's no great interview happening uh, I might speak a little bit on Athletic Brewing Company as a whole, but that really won't be the focus either. Um, some quick facts about them. Pretty pretty well established. I feel like most people really recognize the label and are like, oh yeah, they're the NA, NA guys. They're the NA uh, beer company. Uh, where, where are they from again? Where are they from? Well, Athletic Brewing Company started off in Milford, Connecticut, and they've actually expanded to be on both coasts. They have a second brewing facility in San Diego as well. So they are on both the East and West Coast, which I think allows them to, one, produce a ton of beer and two, get it to pretty much all across the US. Uh, but it's two guys, Bill and John, are the brains behind Athletic Brewing Company. They're the co founders, and their goal was to kind of just be able to create a beer for every occasion. I think with the name, they're definitely trying to hit more of the athletic population, people that are training and competing at a high level, but also want to just enjoy the taste of a good beer. Um, and they definitely do that. I've, I've had a handful of their stuff and I'm always, I've always been impressed. So a little shout out to them, Athletic Brewing Company. But overall today, I don't know, 
I might do a more formal trip recap. There's certainly lots of fun things going on. Social media with the big Europe trip that I just did, it was very beer-centric. Um, so I might do a more formal episode recapping that later on. But just wanted to point out some highlights, and you'll quickly understand why I'm drinking an NA this week and taking a little bit of a beer break. <laughs> so uh, if you haven't been to any of those three places, so I said in the intro, went to Prague, went to Munich in Germany, and then went to Salzburg, Austria. All wonderful, wonderful places to visit, even if you're not comfortable speaking another language, if you only know English. Um, my German was very limited, but it helped here and there. So many people speak English. There's lots of English menus. I think they're both, all, all three are great places to travel to and very tourist friendly, very safe. Um, I think they each have their own unique things about them and things to enjoy. Prague was stunning from a architectural standpoint it's such an old old town and it is one of the very few large cities in europe that was completely unaffected by either world war you know so you see some things there that just have been existing for a millennia and it's really 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 neat and there's you know cobblestone streets everywhere and the drinking culture in the czech republic um, they boast that per capita they drink the most amount of beer per year well, there everyone is drinking a Czech lager, <laughs> and we hit up some touristy spots as well as some more local um, type scene areas. And oh god, the Czech lagers were so good! I know we're going to be drinking a Oktoberfest style beer on the podcast today, but I think the Czech lager has become my favorite beer style. It's crazy to say; I never thought I'd actually hone in on one. Uh, I always tell people I'm a drinker of the season, but man, that can be drank year-round, and it is so, so good, especially with that creamy head off the top. I mean, there's just every, lucre faucets everywhere, little side pull tabs, um, sorry, pull taps, and it just enhances that beer a crazy amount. Uh, but since we're having an Oktoberfest-style beer today, let's switch over to Munich, a little recap on Munich. There are so many fun outdoor beer garden spaces to go to. Uh, I think we went to Augustiner on the first night, and that is the second largest beer garden in Munich, outdoor beer garden. And it hosts, I think, up to like six to 8,000 people, somewhere around there. It just, it's in this like unassuming little block in the city. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is a huge park out of nowhere. And there's just picnic tables galore. And the funny thing about the picnic tables is they are pushed together back to back to back to back. So you are getting very cozy with your neighbors, not only to your left and right, but also your neighbor behind you that's sitting at the table behind you. Um, there's, they just fit as many tables in as they can. And we certainly met some friends uh, or made some friends while we were there just by the nature of sitting at those tables and the Augustiner beer garden, you know, you have your big moss of beer, the big leader steins. And it was just everything I could have hoped for and more. <laughs> and, um, part of the beer garden is self-serve. And, uh, the other part of the beer garden is people will be serving you and you'll be waited on. So you can kind of choose your own adventure there. I think the self-serve is a lot of fun. You kind of just go up to this big, uh, pavilion um, like hut if you will and there's pretzels that you can kind of just grab the big giant pretzels that you can grab and then it's like cafeteria style or almost like a southern barbecue like cafeteria restaurant where there's all the potato salads and radish salads and like cold stuff and then they have the hot stuff the pork knuckle the ribs like really nice nice food 
to have uh, in the beer gardens. And then at the end is the beer. And if you want something in particular, you can sit there and order it. Or if you're like, ah, I'm just going to grab what they have, they have the leader steins just waiting there for you. And they just keep pouring them because they know that people are going to come up and take them. They don't sit for very long. So that was a unique experience. And then you go to the pay and go find yourself a table and make friends. So it was, it was really, really neat. Um, I think aside from that, we also went to the Hirschgarten, which is the largest outdoor uh, beer garden in Munich. That one hosts about 8,000 plus people. It was a quieter day. We were there during the middle of the week at that point in time. Uh, the weather was also a little on the it looked like it was going to rain. Wasn't sure. So I think that deterred some people from coming out, but really cool Hirsch garden. Um, Hirsch means deer. So there are live deer, like kind of in this enclosed area, like both does and big bucks with some huge horns. Like it was really, really neat to see and be like up close and personal with this, you know, very, very beautiful animal while you're also having a beer in hand. <laughs> so that was fun. And then we spent one day in the English garden in Munich, which that is definitely worth your time. The English garden is essentially like the central park of Munich. It is huge. And then within the English garden, you have, um, some really neat individual beer gardens. Um, so we stopped at two while we were in there and then we saw the surfers surfing in the little, um, I don't want to call it a river cause it's not a river, but it's like this kind of jet streamed stream, if you will, where they can just, uh, drop the board in, drop in and surf. It's really kind of a neat, neat experience. So aside from that indoor beer gardens wise, we went to the Lohenbräu Keller. We went to the Hofbräu house, um, had to do that really, really neat with the painted ceilings in there. And that was actually the only time on the whole three days that we were there that we saw an Uber band. That's the only polka we saw. As a Wisconsinite, I was kind of thinking, wow, I'm going to Munich, Germany. I'm going to see polka everywhere. Nope, only saw it in one place at Hofbräu. So uh, that being the case, hey, maybe it's not as big as it is here for us. I don't know. But really would recommend Munich. Uh, definitely a more modern, urbanized vibe of a city compared to Prague being so old. Uh, and then we rounded out our trip to Salzburg, Austria. It was really, really neat. Salzburg had a little bit more of that old world charm, cobblestone streets, old architecture. Um, a couple of the highlights there is the Stiegel Keller. So having a Stiegel, you know, everyone's like, oh, we know the grapefruit rattler, but having some of their other beers is really, really neat. And the view of the city that they have, they have a rooftop beer garden as well as like a uh, served with a wait staff restaurant space that has these big like french open windows that can look up and you can see all the old churches in old town it's really really neat so i would recommend that and then the other great find in salzburg is there's actually an augustiner beer garden there as well and it is at the bottom of a hill you kind of go past this old old monastery and then you're on this cobblestone street and you take a right at the bottom of the hill and you're like whoa Augustiner, there's a there's a there's a beer house here. This is great. So you walk in. It's that place was packed too. That place was nuts. They opened at two or two thirty. We got there like thirty to forty minutes after they opened, and we had a hard time finding a seat. It was a zoo, but it was so cool to see. Um, and they don't have the glass steins there. They have the ceramic mugs there, both half liter and liter pours. 
And the cool thing about the mugs, you know, it's all self-service. So you, you pay for the mug and then you grab it off the wall yourself. And then there's this big, like old fountain that it must've been a part of like the monastery campus at some point in time. And you actually like rinse out your mug <laughs> with the water and then you hand it to the beer baron and tell them what you want and they fill it and you go find a seat. And like, like I said, it was packed in there so many people and they had food too of course so people were enjoying food and i saw beer barons at some tables were uh were served as well so there that's the first time i saw a beer baron carrying literally like eight or nine mugs at each hand and i'm just like that is so much weight that's so impressive so we had a really really great time in each city drinking all the beers and that's the brief summarized view. Hope you enjoyed the rant. Hope it maybe inspired you to go visit these places and see and experience them for yourselves. But 10 out of 10 would recommend. With that, let's uh, get on to the beer for today. I am certainly excited to share this brew with you all today. Like I mentioned previously in the pod, we are having Athletic Brewing Company's Oktoberfest Fest Brew. This beer is weighing in at less than 0.5% ABV, and we are enjoying this out of a 12-ounce can today. I also want to mention, as a beer lover, I do enjoy the occasional NA beer, uh, and I certainly do appreciate the craft beer industry as a whole, putting a bigger emphasis on having uh, not not only just non-alcoholic options, but also sessionable options. And we're seeing a good trend of beers, cr- you know, crawling back down to more reasonable ABVs that you can enjoy more than one um, and not have to worry about it. But this beer in particular is something I don't have very often at all, and that being a specialty seasonal such as the Oktoberfest style beer. So I'm excited to see what Athletic Brewing Company has done with theirs. And if you're looking at the side of this can, It does boast that it has Vienna and Munich malt and German noble hops in it, so they're trying to make it very, very traditional. And with that, we'll get on to this pour. Okay, so pouring this beer out, I definitely have some initial thoughts. The color is not what I think most people expect out of a beer that says Oktoberfest on it. It is coming out as a very pale gold color, which most people are like, hold on. Oktoberfest have that like beautiful, you know, orangish, a little darker malted color. Um, but this beer is probably aiming more towards being the fast beer style, which more on that next week. Stay tuned, Buzz with Brian fans. We're going to do some style history next week. I'll give you a little teaser and we're going to talk about the differences between a fest brew and the traditional marchin style and what that means and this one certainly on the pour is looking a little more fest fest beer um, it is brilliant it's absolutely see-through and there's a decent amount of foam head retention on this as well um, just kind of hanging out on top which i think is nice that it really will help encapsulate some of the hoppiness on the aroma so let's get in for a smell hmm okay i get like a sweet honey malt um, up front and then it has a real strong bready backbone um further into the aroma you know you take a real big deep whiff in and the hops start to shine through and i get a lot of yeah some mild floral notes just kind of hanging out but it, this is definitely a malt showcased beer the but the hops are there so let's get in for a sip 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. One one more. Hmm. These NA beers, they just always continue to blow me away. And I'm, I'm really going to elaborate on that in a second here. But i pleasantly surprised once again. Um, I say the first sip hit me with a bunch of cracker malts. Uh, really reminiscent of like a Helle's lager for me more so than what I think of as a Martin style beer. But again, this is probably more fest beer than Martin. Um, there is quite a bit of sweetness to this. You know, I, I had that honey malt aroma and I definitely get sweetness mid palate on this, but let's get in for one last sip here. Yeah. To wash out the back end, there is just a touch of that floral hop bitterness that does balance out that mid palate sweetness. So it's, it's a dynamic beer. Uh, and the other thing that is surprising me, and this is what I was wanting to elaborate on. The other thing that surprised me is that all of the NAs that I have from, you know, reputable companies, whether it's untitled arts or like, you know, athletic brewing company has been around for a while. Um, there's, they just don't taste watered down. They, they just don't, uh, which I think is really impressive. Uh, the body on this beer in particular is quite large uh and it's got a borderline creamy mouthfeel you know it's just not what you, i expect to come out of an na beer but it really is impressive what they can do um balance and drinkability wise yeah there's some nice balance here you know i spoke to that the malt and the hop characteristics both on the aroma and in the flavor profile definitely help complement one another um i think the drinkability even on a normal day uh you know a, a, even a hotter than normal day for fall here this is a beer that you could enjoy, um, but with the body being so large, I don't know if I would be willing to drink one after the next, after the next, after the next. I might have to rotate into something else to give me a little variety. So with that, I'm going to finish this up and we'll get on to some ratings. I would like to start this one out with saying again and again and again how impressed I am with uh, non-alcoholic beers and how much the market quality of them has improved in the last five to 10 to even 15 years um, that overall there's great options out there for people that are just choosing not to drink whether it's because they can't or they're taking a break you know all good reasons I think this is wonderful um, this beer in particular I did really enjoy it uh, like I spoke to the balance of it it has some nice balance to it it definitely leans a little more towards being a fast beer so in this rating I'm keeping that in mind more of a fast beer than a Martin style beer the one thing I'm getting hung up on this beer with is it was just a little too sweet for me. I think that honey sweetness in there was just a little overdone for something that I expect to be a little more clean, a little more bitter, a little more just, you know, bready malt versus a honey malt. So with that nitpicking, still going to give it a good score, 4.00 out of 5, and that's a review. beer fans that wraps up today's episode thanks for tuning in this week and every week and thank you again for understanding my need to give my liver a break and have a non-alcoholic option um, there are certainly lots of them out there i encourage you to go visit your own local brewery they might even have an na on but if you're looking for something easy like this athletic brewing company beer i had today they distribute everywhere i think you can even order online i think you can have their stuff shipped to your address so if you're like, wow, I really like athletic stuff, they make it easy. They make it really, really easy. 
Um, but certainly go out and support your own local craft beers, uh, craft breweries that are making their own NAs. I think you would be surprised with what you find. I hope you enjoyed my rants about the trip. If you didn't get enough in the auditory format that you received today, check out the Instagram. There's going to be plenty of good video content and pictures in the next you know week or so here. I have a couple things already posted from the trip, but certainly more to come. And I uh, hope you checked it out. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you decide to make the trip across the pond yourself and enjoy all the good beer and the scenes and the smells and the sights. Uh, would, would, would recommend. So thank you again. Continue to follow along. Continue to rate the show. Continue to hit that subscribe button. If you want to see anything specific, you can write me at buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. Or, you know, Instagram. I'm uh, pretty responsive on Instagram if you send me a DM, and I'll get to that pretty readily. So without further ado, can't wait to get back on the mic here again soon and deliver a wonderful style history episode to you all next week. And have another couple beers. Cheers, beers. <laughs>